Today, we're going to be talking about how businesses are dealing with the coronavirus. And what we've created here is a pretty cool kind of strategic look at how businesses are going about doing that. We've got all the coolest kind of you know messaging things that businesses are doing, how businesses are giving back. We have um, things on the latest you know rules and regulations and stimulus uh, around it. And then at the end of this presentation, I think maybe the most exciting part is at the very end, I actually have a checklist that we've prepared specifically for you so that you can take it away and so that you can bring it back to your own business and hopefully have um, some level of success during this very trying time. And uh, this time it's not for me. I know ju just just me on this call. I know a lot of times you're used to maybe just Alan and I doing webinars, but um, we've got quite a few speakers on that we don't usually have, which makes it even more exciting. Um, some some people who are you know big in in my life in our business. And uh, so Chris, you want to go ahead and say hi first. We've got Chris Coffrin, um, co-founder here at Ignite Visibility. Yeah, hello everyone. This is Chris Coffrin. I'm co-founder and COO of Ignite Visibility. Uh, I'm looking forward to speaking with you today uh, about a few items. Thanks, Chris. And then we also have Alan Bush. Alan, you want to go ahead and say hi? Yes, hello everyone. I'm Alan Bush. I'm the VP of SEO Strategy here at Ignite Visibility. I'm looking forward to presenting some facts and tips with you. Thanks, Alan. And then I also twisted Aether Westman's arm to get on the webinar. Aether, you want to say hi? <laughs> Hey everyone, uh, this is Aether. I'm the head of paid media here at Ignite Visibility. Um, oversee our uh, 20 media buyers and, and analysts and uh, our 40 million plus in uh, digital advertising uh, spend per year. Awesome. So thanks, Aether. Um, so yeah, a bunch of great people on and we're going to be able to go through some some interesting stuff with you today. So let's let's go ahead and dive into it. So we're going to start off we're going to talk about cool things that companies are doing. And I just want everybody to think about this. What is your messaging strategy right now? What is your marketing messaging strategy? Keep that in mind and keep that in mind as we're going through each of these individual and kind of novel approaches to how people are dealing with this, this crazy situation. First thing, Papa John's. Alan, what do we have here? Papa John's is doing something really great where they actually offer no contact delivery. Um, they actually show you how this is done through their app, and they give you a pretty easy step-by-step -step process here. Um, what they do is they you know, make sure they handle the box, and they will put it on a box um, in front of your door and walk six feet back, and then allow you to take the, the items from you. So they're taking a lot of extra precautions here. So this is really great for people, especially during this time, who are, um, are, are scared and, 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 and frightened that things may happen. So this is really cool that they've done this. So Papa John's marketing strategy, you know, positioning strategy, specifically on putting the box down, walking back six feet. Aether, when you think about this, is this something that could be translated to paid media ads as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, John, what are your thoughts on this? So, and I think that's one thing we want to have an open discussion here, but, you know, they've come out with a specific position. We put the pizza down, we put it on a box, we, we walk back six feet, you know, you are essentially safe, right, during this, this current time. And this is how Papa John's is addressing it. So let, let's take a look at a couple other examples. I do think it's something that their customers want to hear about. In fact, I ordered a pizza uh, the other night and they did this and it was a little awkward, but it made me feel good that they were thinking about it. <laughs> Let's take a, next, a look at the next option. Cocktails to go. Um, yeah. So what kind of goes through your mind on this one, Alan? 
Uh, that's this is really interesting because I think a lot of things that a lot of these people, places have shut down the business and a lot of the social lives of people have moved internally. And the fact that California has lifted the uh, delivery of cocktails, um, Snooze has taken a really great opportunity to they, create a bundle for you. Um, I think, John, you discovered this, right? Because uh, Snooze is a pretty popular breakfast place in San Diego and they will put together a, a breakfast pack or maybe a lunch or a, a package for you, including a cocktail. So this is really great for those bar patrons. Yeah, so this is the new category that's opened up, cocktails to go. Now people are Googling that, they're searching that for the first time. Now restaurants are showing up for that for the first time. And now people are making actually, you know, specific product market fit items for this new ability to have a new product market fit, right? So right here you have the Taco Tuesday Party Pack from Snooze. This is a specific offer that they made and it's a marketing offer that, that goes out, that, that went out via email marketing and is offering people, you know, this party pack for, for the first time that you can get specifically for your home. It's got cocktails. You can have Taco Tuesday. We know you can't go out. We know you can't go to the restaurants. You know, so, so thinking about your positioning and modifying your positioning and your product market fit in this new landscape, and, and this is a good example of, of one that's been successful. Yeah, it's really great for all the restaurants and bars that are pretty much shut down. Um, and uh, now that you switch to here, this is a really great one where the distilleries are creating hand sanitizer from alcohol. Alcohol is a major ingredient in a lot of these hand sanitizers. And so they're taking a really great approach to help the, the, the cause out by creating their own hand sanitizer. This is a uh, Shine Spirits in Oregon. That's really interesting. So within this landscape over the last couple months and going into the next couple months, you're going to see more of this in, in, in this webinar, but the demand has completely shifted in some ways, right? Oh, so yeah, people still want to drink beer, but what they want more is hand sanitizer right now. So people have flipped and modified you know, their strategy. So think about that for your business. What new things popped up that you need to address and that you can help to address um, and so these people pivoted really, really quickly. Real smart. So on the online learning side, uh, obviously this is a big deal. So they're basically making it in San Diego so that all learning has to be online. So what Loom has done is they've made it so that, um, you know, they're offering this for free for teachers and students, and they're going to get just a ton of people to use it and I don't know exactly what their long-term angle is and their long-term vision there, but usually if you have big adoption for something, it can either really help people or maybe it's good for your business in some way. I don't know how they're approaching that. But they, they knew that online learning was happening and had to happen, you know, in the, in, in the next couple months. And so they offered it, getting it out there to everybody. And uh, I think, you know, the, my main takeaway here for this one is, is you know, it's, it's nice that they did that. Right. Think about that. Does that, that give you a somewhat of a good feeling about the business? Right. And you're going to see that as something that happens more in this webinar, a lot of free stuff. And I know that's really hard for business owners, right? It's really hard to give away free stuff because you need to make money to keep the lights on and all that stuff. But I think the main thing is what's the long-term goodwill that you are building up with your customers as a result of doing things like this? So keep that in mind as we're talking about free items or discounted items uh, as we move forward. Yeah, and a lot of these schools are, uh, are indefinitely shut down for the uh, rest of the year until September. Um, so this is really important that we, we jump on board and help them out. Yeah, and Alan, talk to us about events a little bit. You and I both speak at quite a bit, bit of events. They're all canceled, you know, but what, what are we looking at here? 
Yeah, well, a lot of these are actually pivoting to, pivoting to online events. I mean, we're having technically one right now. Um, I was supposed to speak at a conference in, in New York, uh, but that's obviously canceled. And um, they're pivoting that into an online version of it. And I think that uh, this is a really great opportunity to, to focus on your online presence with um, these type of things, with events. And people really want to stay connected. And uh, with our technology the way it is, we have the ability to, to host major events and, and have it all virtual. I think this is, um, uh, it, you know, the fact that this is happening is really kind of opening our, our minds a bit to, um, you don't have to necessarily be at the place to experience it. And uh, this is uh, done by Forbes here and the one we're looking at now. I just, I think online events just got so much more important. Every business should be having them as part of their strategy. We already did one a quarter, no matter what. But I mean, this year for me, this year for me, I, I was booked at like six places, huge events. I was so excited about it. They're all fell through except for a couple towards the end of the year. But even that, when you think about that in your mind, um, I do think that that event will go through and I, I do think things will be better in 30 or 60 days. And I, you know, I'm very optimistic. So I just want to go, and in general, I'm optimistic about where things are headed. But um, I do think that this is going to get just a ton of people used to online events and paying for online events or just you know seeing tons of value in online events where you can um, sell something off the back end, or you can just do it for goodwill, right? It all depends on the time and, and the type of event. But uh, there's a lot of really easy software out there, and Forbes, huge, free, online event. Um, and uh, it's definitely something that's going to be bigger uh, and more important for all businesses moving forward. Um, also, online learning. So people who are home right now or people who are doing social distancing and, and in general, I think a lot of people are getting used to online learning and it's just going to become more and more important. And they're going to want to learn not just from, you know, general universities. They want to learn from experts and they want to learn from people that they know, like, and trust. So what's uh, LinkedIn done here uh, for this initiative, Alan? Yeah, LinkedIn is actually pivoted and making the uh, working from home courses free. Uh, and, um, and a lot of people aren't familiar with that. LinkedIn has this... Um, online learning uh, coursework. And I think that uh, LinkedIn is one of my favorite social networks because they really give back to the the, uh, the business community. And so I think it is really important to um, take some of these free, take advantage of these free courses. And, uh, and, at, at, and, and actually LinkedIn also allows you to network with people there too. So um, you can take some of these courses, get feedback from your, your peers and, and companies and clients that are working with you and then um, share it with your with the people in, in that in that network. So um, I think this is really great that uh, LinkedIn's done this. LinkedIn right now, everybody, traffic online is surging right now. It's the highest that it's ever been in the history. Everybody is sitting at home on their phones. You know, the the cost for advertising has gone way down. The inventory has gone way up. You know, we've got people just glued to these different social sites. I highly recommend everybody on here, you start posting on LinkedIn, getting involved because uh, it's just a good time to be out there and in front of your customers and people you care about and things like that. And you can take a free class. So moving on, um, this is really kind of a big one, okay? So look at this just complete change, right, in product, you know, product market fit. Look at this complete change in just what's happening, right? So all of this e-commerce stuff went online. We needed delivery um, to, to be ramped up. And so Amazon is hiring 100,000 warehouse and delivery workers right now. And um, it's completely growing. So, I mean, Aether, do you have any insights on just the retail space in general um, and, and what you're seeing there, just general thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, to add to that, I think, you know, Instacart, I think they're uh, um, inundated and they're trying to hire 300,000 people or so. But, um, yeah, you can just imagine the uh, the mass of people that were going into Target and Walmart and all the local retail stores are now forced to do all that online. And because Amazon and, and these bigger um, bigger players are all getting so inundated, some of the delivery times are quite uh, extended. So Amazon delivery times are for non-essential items are, are extended quite a bit. So if you're a smaller niche uh, e-commerce retail player, you have a huge opportunity right now if you can deliver faster and uh, fill that niche where Amazon is not able to, to fulfill where they have in the past and gain those customers now so that you can you know, continue to have them as customers uh, in the future as well. So this is a big opportunity. Obviously, it depends on what niche of the market you're in. Um, if you're you know, in, a, in, a, in the area of the market right now where you're selling, let's say, auto parts, it may be a little bit more challenging because everybody's not driving so much right now. But if you're uh, retailing more essential things like hand sanitizer or uh, work at home gym equipment or, uh, or perhaps jewelry or gold, for example, is doing very well right now, then um, you're going to be performing very well. So this is a, a great opportunity for retailers and e-commerce players uh, across the board. And I just to add to that, I just think all those people buying online so much more right now for the next couple weeks, for the next 30 days, right? I mean, that's going to get people so used to transacting online who weren't in the past. I mean, just working with, um, you know, just, just random people I had an at who hadn't interacted online, you know, recently, teaching them how to use all these different things. I mean, it's just, I believe that's going to have a, a shift, but really well said there, Aether, about um, kind of the intricacies there. So this is kind of interesting. So you see, you feel all these different angles. Everyone who's online. I mean, like, so here's what you know. How Starbucks, you know, wanted to um, approach it. So um, what they've done here is Starbucks transforms mental health benefits for U.S. employees, and and they're really kind of focused on that side of things. And I just think about that that organizational you know, looking out for the staff in, in all the different ways that are that are possible. In some cases, the businesses who are doing really well, they gave raises, more money. You know, in other cases, businesses who, who weren't, you know, and Starbucks is, is one of those ones, maybe it's doing okay with some of the drive-throughs, but all the other ones are shut down. But they care about the mental health side. And I just really like that. And I think, you know, during this time, if you're an owner and you're on this call, you know, you really got to think about all the people in your life and being as good to them, you know, as possible and helping them in, in all the different ways that you can. It's just a really um, important thing and definitely something that goes through my mind. Chris, I don't know if you want to comment on that at all. but No, I would absolutely agree. And I think as we get into the discussions regarding um, what's available to us as business owners um, with respect to the CARES Act that was passed recently, we'll, we'll dive deeper into it. And then this is kind of cool. So DoorDash makes no contact deliveries, the automatic setting and waves fees, right? So look at that, you know, quick uh, pivot there in the way that they've done it. And I just think that, you know, what did they do here when you think about this? And just look at this title for a second, okay? DoorDash, the company, makes no contact, right? That's the major change. It's the automatic setting and they're getting rid of fees, right? So they address the problem, they created a discount, and they help the solution. That's a good framework, right? Um, so that's something to think about there, and, uh, and, and it's helping you know everybody out there. Want to talk about this one a little bit, Alan? Yeah, um, a lot of philanthropies coming from a lot of these major companies, like Armani, for example, and he in this case um, donated uh, 1.25 million euros to the Italian hospitals. Um, it's really good if you're in a position of, of authority um, to 
donate to people. I know one of my local uh, business owners in the, in the in neighborhood I grew up uh, donated a hundred thousand to the people that have lot may have lost or have gotten laid off uh, in the hospitality industry. Um, so you can make small donations, you can make major donations like these people, um, but it's really important to give back if you have the ability to, because it's really going to help your help your brand, of course, but also help people along the way. I just love it. I love that Armani, you know, they donated to Italian hospitals that are in, in, in Italy being so near and dear to them and such a big part of all, yeah. all their stuff. And it's, um, you know, it just makes you like Armani. And, um, you know, hopefully they just did it for the good of their hearts. But either way, it's, you know, it's totally appreciated. And I just I want everybody to look at that. What's your communication customer facing strategy? What is your business positioning externally? And we're going to get more into that. Okay, so important points. I guess I just said that. What is your communication strategy with the media? How are you helping? What is your communication strategy with new customers and current customers? And then the last thing that I just keep hearing from everybody, people will remember how you treat them during this time. They will never, ever forget it. Yeah, one of my, I'll tell you uh, just okay. a little quick point, John. Um, one of my Please. local business owners was giving uh, toilet paper away with every purchase. He was, he was giving away out, you purchase food from him, and he had rolls of toilet paper, and if you needed it, you could take one. So even that makes me remember him now because he just he stepped up and offered help in that way. I love it. I love it. I just think people, they're expecting a little more. They want a little bit more. You know, I went to the grocery store. I forgot to pay for a bag. And, you know, the guy there gave me all this uh, trouble about it. And of course, I paid for it. And, but, you know, th that situation made me think, oh, you know, you could have given a little in that time, you know, my friend. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, to each his own. And so now let's shift gears a little bit. So now we're getting into stimulus. And this is something that Aether, Chris, and I, we've probably spent hundreds of hours on it, and, and probably Chris more than anybody. If you don't know about Chris, uh, uh, the co-founder here, he has a legal background, so he's been doing law for a long time. Uh, you know, really smart guy and knows this stuff better than most, and he's really good at paperwork. So he's going to walk us through everything that he's comfortable here around the stimulus stuff. So, Chris, go ahead. Thank you, John. Really good at paperwork. I'm going to put that one uh, on my CV. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, you are. You're better yeah. than me. Good stuff. Great. Well, so yeah, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking to everyone about the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act that was passed by, uh, by Congress and, and signed into law on Friday by uh, the president. So, um, you know, this is something that's, that's really important, right? Uh, as John was mentioning, you know, at Ignite, we think of all of our employees as part of the Ignite family. So we want to do everything possible to retain all of those employees as long as possible and to not negatively impact them as we all get through this crisis together. So I'll, as John was mentioning, spent a significant amount of time trying to, um, you know, figure out what uh, the options are available to small businesses out there in order to help um, during this time, right? Uh, and so uh, I've spoken to a lot of professionals and owners. Uh, I've also sat in on a bunch of webinars, uh, but really what I'm going to do for you today, is just kind of summarize something that, uh, or, or the information that I've, I've gathered, uh, but a lot of this can be found in the, um, in a document that was put out by the United States Chamber of Commerce. It's called Coronavirus Emergency Loans Small Business Guide and Checklist. So I could provide a link to that uh, if anybody would like it. Um, just shoot John an email or shoot me an email at the end of this presentation and, and we'll get that to you. But I'll just cover some of the top points here, right? So one 
thing is just the sheer size of this um, this relief act is pretty amazing for the for this CARES Act that we'll be discussing today. They're allocated over $350 billion to small businesses. Uh, the main focus of that is to keep employees um, on the payroll during this time. But to just kind of put that in perspective, $350 billion would fund the payroll for every single small business in the United States for up to six weeks. So this is a pretty massive stimulus package that they put together. Who's eligible for it? Any small business with fewer than 500 employees, Sole proprietors are also included within this um, this package, uh, as well as independent contractors. There's some others like nonprofits and, uh, and and some other types of organizations that would also qualify. I would refer you again to that document to look deeper into it. Um, so, what uh, are some of the conditions uh, in order to apply for the, these funds that are available. The first thing is that you have to have been in, in operation prior to February 15, 2020, so that's pretty straightforward. Uh, also, and this is something because there's been a lot of information out there and I've been studying it and trying to follow it and it's very fluid and continues to change. You know, there is something that, I, that has been um, shared quite a bit uh, through the business communities, which is the uh, a link to the application on the Small Business Association's website um, and, and with an application for the debt disaster relief fund. So one, uh, and so what I think I've just kind of discovered today is that that disaster relief fund is actually separate from the CARES Act and the, the funds that are going to be available through that. Um, why that's important is because the CARES Act has a forgiveness um, clause associated with it, so you won't have to pay back a fairly large percentage of, of these loans, where I don't believe that same clause is available for the disaster relief fund. So, so keep that in mind. Those are just um, loans that are being given out at about 3.7% interest rates. They can be financed over 15 years, I think maybe even at as much as 20 or 30, um, but those would have to be paid back. So keep that in mind. You can't have a duplicate application pending um, uh, for one of these types of loans or you can't have been funded by that uh, in order to, to qualify for this, this, these new um, uh, programs that are gonna be available. Something also about these loans is that unlike most of the SBA loans, these are not gonna require a personal guarantee from the owners or the principals. Um, there's no collateral that'll be um, uh, associated with them either. So they do become a, a very friendly um, opportunity to, uh, to achieve or to, to get some, some, um, some cash into the business. So how much will each business qualify for? So it really what it comes down to kind of in, in layman's terms is that you'll be able to qualify for, you take your average monthly payroll and then multiply that by two and a half. The idea is that they would be able to float your business or float your payroll, which also includes mortgage payments. It also includes utilities for up to two and a half months, um, not to exceed $10 million. So the, again, there's quite a bit of revenue and resources that are available to small businesses. Um, there's still information coming out about that, but one of the biggest caveats that you need to understand is that um, is the forgiveness aspect of all of this. So the loans will be forgiven um, up to 100% uh, to the amount of payroll, rent, and to utilities that you spend over an eight-week eight period of time after the origination of the loan. So that's really important. And really what that means is that these loans end up transferring into grants that you don't have to pay back. 
Um, so you'd want to kind of work with your your financial team and figure out what those formulas look like um, as far as how much money you would be able to uh, borrow and then how much will be forgiven of that. I think something that's also really important that you need to know is that the amount of forgiveness, the amount that you don't have to pay back um, will uh, will will be will be reduced by the amount of payroll that you've let go in terms of layoffs or if you reduce people's salaries by over 25%. And that is based on per person. So if you've laid off, you know, say it's one or two people, you take the salaries those people were set to earn over this period of time, um, which is going to be February 15th through June 30th, you would subtract that from how much of your loan will be forgiven. Right. And so what that is all designed to do is to uh, incentivize people to keep their employees on staff uh, and really kind of paying you to keep your um, your uh, employees that you may otherwise have laid off. Now, a lot of people, are, you know, we're, we're, we're already, you know, 30 days, 60 days into this crisis. So a lot of businesses have already laid off employees or done larger salary reductions. You do have the ability to bring those people back and then qualify for that forgiveness amount. So I do think we're gonna see some businesses bringing some of their, their staff back once they qualify for this, right? So some other confusing things about this is the application process, right? I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't think it's been fully um, laid out yet by, by the government, but what I'm beginning to understand is that these loans are going to be available through your financial institutions. So we may be able go, to go directly to our, our bankers, um, we may be able to go directly to credit unions and apply for these loans directly with them. Uh, there's going to be more information coming out on that. We spoke to our one of our uh, banking institutions today, and they said they believe that they're going to be funded uh, on Friday with the with these funds that they can then pass through um, to people who apply with them. Doesn't appear that there is really any direction yet on the application process. So we're eagerly kind of waiting for that, and it can be kind of difficult trying to make decisions about staff and keeping and costs uh, and, and without really knowing 100% um, what this process is and how much money will actually flow through to us and what the forgiveness is on that. But we're, um, you know, be taking a, um, a, a patient approach to it because we want to make sure that we do it right. We believe that sometime this week there will be a new application process to apply for these um, payroll uh, help loans, um, which is what they're, they're calling it, something similar. So as we have more information, we will pass that along as well, but we're, we're, we're waiting to get it. Um, but uh, we do think these are separate from the loans that you can find, uh, the disaster loans that you can apply for on um, the SBA website. So I know I've thrown a bunch of information out there at you. Hopefully uh, some of that was useful. Um, uh, I'd, again, I would recommend people go to the uschamber.com website uh, to find additional information. Um, but I'd be happy to uh, answer any questions at the end of this presentation or provide links uh, as well. Thanks, Chris. That's really John, Sorry about that. Yeah, so we do have, um, we will have time for question at, questions at the end, and I know we have people from all over the world on this webinar, some people in the UK, I see questions coming in. Um, we're just talking about the US, obviously. Um, we, we don't um, know uh, the incentives or, you know, stimulus over there, but let's keep moving, because in the rest of this webinar, we've got 
um, some really interesting ways that businesses are pivoting their actual business model. And I think that that's some of the most important stuff. Chris, really well said. Thank you. Uh, we'll circle back at the end with questions. So transitioning, transitioning in, uh, to e-learning and e-consulting. Uh, I can do e-consulting. We're kind of doing that right now. And um, a lot of other people are doing that also. So Alan, talk to us about what Brian Buck, um, CEO of uh, Scott Worth, uh, North America uh, is doing. Yeah, basically adding a curriculum of e-learning courses to help students, you know, adapt to this remote environment. Um, if you have a, a, a business that you could teach others how to do certain things, um, this is a really good opportunity to push that out there because people are going to be looking towards that. Actually, I teach at UCSD and um, a lot of the classes that are normally in person are now moved to online. Um, and I think that companies can follow suit and provide the, uh, valuable information um, about their business and about the things that they can do by offering courses as well. So Kajabi, Teachable, two great places where you can uh, check out, uh, uh, you can create a course. Yeah. Uh, next thing, so increased importance of online communication. So uh, for this one, taking operations virtual. So William Taylor, Career Development Manager at Velvet Jobs. Alan, talk to us a little bit about this. Yeah, so um, basically shifting everything online with Slack and Zoom. These are two tools that we've always used at our agency um, and, and really kind of promoting this kind of virtual communication with each other. Um, it was one thing to communicate with your clients, but it's also to make sure you communicate with each other internally. Um, we, we've adapted pretty quickly to this because we usually use this, these tools anyway, but um, this is now a great time to kind of train people on how to use Zoom, um, and Slack, the two of the major ones that are out there. There's other communication tools as well. We're using virtual webinar uh, here as well. Um, I, I know even even with uh, even some of the fun stuff, like uh, we do virtual happy hours, uh, even at Ignite. So we, we communicate with our, with uh, about our business and with our clients, but also with each other and talk and have a few laughs uh, while this is going on as well. Yeah, and if you'd like to learn more about that, we have a video that I made that goes through almost our entire tech stack because our business here, we can operate 100% remote um, and everybody's, you know, basically at 100%, real, really no issues. And I made a video on YouTube that you can check out and it will teach you how to go 100%, you know, remote, 100% virtual. So another thing, helping other companies go remote. So this is a big thing, right? So, so Dustin, you know, owner and CEO of uh, Truzy Social has been doing that. So, and that's something we've been doing too. So helping a lot of our other, you know, clients, you know, pivot, you know, and, and at this point in time, you know, with your phone, you know, you can almost, you know, be anywhere and, and do anything. And, you know, even with like things like interior design, you know, you can do, you know, virtual overlays of what that's going to look like. I'm having my entire backyard redesigned right now. And I've never even met the people. We took one picture, you know, we've seen a, a bunch of different design iterations and and all that and you know we might be pushing that project a little bit but you know at least we're it's moving forward you know on some <laughs> level and then um, this next one so greater emphasis on employee and customer health and, and well-being so this is another big way businesses are, are, are focusing here um, you want to talk to us about this one Al? Yeah, making sure that we stay healthy. I mean, it, it, we have to provide information to our employees and to our, our cohorts about the dangers of the coronavirus and staying, you know, making sure you wash your hands and keep a six foot distance. And um, But also for your mental well-being, we, we saw earlier that um, some things people get um, depressed and lonely during this kind of isolation time. So I think that 
we not only have to prevent each other from being sick, but also keep that wellness as a, a really major part. And, and uh, we have to do our parts to communicate what we know, what we think can help others uh, to our employees and to our, um, our friends in the industry. All right, so probably the reason you came here today was because of our online marketing knowledge, not um, some of the other slightly different topics that we've gone into. So, you know, we're going to talk mostly about that kind of towards the end of, of this webinar. So um, one thing I wanted to talk about is what is your resource page on your website? Uh, and I think that that's really, really important. What are all the materials that you've made for your customer? And I, I firmly believe that every single business should have a response page on their site. And that page should be full of information that specifically impacts your customers, and it should be for new customers and current customers. And that should have some type of I don't even know if I would call it marketing, but communication strategy around it that then translates into all of your digital marketing. If you're running the same remarketing ads now that you were running, you know, three months ago, I think that's a major issue. I think everybody right now should have all be looking at all new creative, thinking about a whole new refresh, messaging to, you know, your custom audience of, you know, people who have been to the site, your email list, all of these people consistently letting people know how you're dealing with it, earning that trust so that, and this is going to be the last part of this webinar. I'm going to get you guys all pumped up at the end, but how we're going to come back and have a major comeback story in Q3 and Q4, right? building now for that major comeback story that's going to come in Q3 and Q4, because I firmly believe that that's going to happen. Yeah, I'll, so I'll add to that, John, a little bit. Because, trust. Yeah, can Perfect. I add Dive in right to, here, please. Yeah, or, yeah, well, I'll add a little to what you just said. There's, um, you know, people creating timely content. About three weeks ago, uh, one of our, our, our friends, online survey software company called Question Pro, uh, took a poll. So they were thinking about this way in advance, right? And, and they let release the content dedicated to that poll um, at the beginning of the month. And the, the USA's biggest concerns, and actually 51% of Americans were worried about the global economy. Uh, and that's actually more than health concerns. So that was one of the assets that came out of that. But that, that's really important that they created that timely content and provided a lot of value to their customers and, and, um, and to the public in general. Earn the trust. Don't panic yeah. right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, creating online online resources, right? So the problem, you know, resilience, a reliance on um, in-person workshops to, you know, generate revenue. These people came online, right? And so you're seeing, you're starting to kind of get that theme, right? And then for this one, so the challenge, you know, you're in a niche that's naturally being met with increased interest and demand opportunity. Your product is a solution for a pain point. So let's talk about that. A lot of our, I would say maybe 30, 40, maybe 50% of our clients in some way, their product or service, maybe more, um, can actually be a solution here. And they don't even realize it, right? It, the, they have a solution here, but you need to think about how your customer's mind has changed and how you can actually pivot what you currently have that they think that they might not need right now into a solution that they're looking for in the future. So one thing that I've seen that's worked really, really well is survey all your customers right now. Send out a survey and ask them specific questions about ways that you could help them or what do they need and listen to them. And then by doing that, you can refine your copy, you can refine your messaging, and you can find a way to help them because that's what we're all here for, right, is to serve uh, your customers. 
All right, so a couple yeah. more slides here as we're kind of winding down a little bit. Um, you want to talk about this one, Alan? Yeah, obviously, um, buy online, right? You can't do things in person. So um, if you don't have a really good solution for certain things, you got to figure out a way to reach your customers online and have them make purchases online. So um, obviously, foot traffic's not going to cut it. You got to get your website up to speed. Um, if you could do e-commerce, even better, can have the deliveries, as Aether alluded to as well, um, where you can actually beat out uh, certain competitors or uh, competition by making these del deliveries, not even through Amazon, but through own, your own website and through your own staff. Um, as with the stimulus package kind of tying in that, you could even make that so that you pivot the employees to be delivery people and get train them on how to do that. Um, and I think this would really help increase and, and push your, um, your your business to a new direction. This could be also be, a, you know, a, an opportunity, um, not only, you know, if you're really relying on foot traffic to really sharpen your online presence and push yourself out there. So I think this is, um, we got to look at it in that context and, and take the positive spin on this and say, how do I create a solution and push people to my website and make that the, the, the primary source of, of my income? One of the, you know, only things you can control right now is 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 basically your website and your online marketing. I, I, I highly recommend, like, you work on it. You know, you get those extra things done on your site. You know, you get it in a good place to really ramp up and have the full functionality going later in the year. You know, also, you know, you use this as an opportunity to do, you know, kind of what, what Becky's done here and to, you know, go live, right, to get your top customers on Zooms, right, to stay consistently in front of your customers during this time by using all the different uh, mechanisms that you have out there. This is really interesting. So um, a mall that I read about um, had to shut down and use the facility so that they could have people come in who were sick recently, right? Um, and what they did is they, at the same time, simultaneously launched a virtual experience so that people could come into the mall, they could shop through the virtual experience in all the different shops, and then buy through e-commerce through that mall. Now that's a huge, huge pivot, and malls have some of some malls have been, um, you know, fighting a little bit of an uphill battle for a while. So that's just kind of kind of one example here, and um, you know, this is a different different situation here, but kind of in some ways, you know, a, a similar theme, right? So you know, finding any way that you can to bring virtual interactive experiences to customers. I mean, think about your business right now. You can basically build out the entire thing virtually on some level, right? I mean, hey, you want to sit in a room and do digital strategy, you know, with me? You could get a 3D version of me superimposed in your living room if you want. You probably wouldn't want that, but you could do that. But anyway, so there's other options for other people as well. Uh, I think that's important to keep in mind. Alan, talk to us a little bit about, we talked about online events. Let's skip over that. Um, a lull in sales means more opportunities for improvement. So at Ignite, you know, processes, right? It's a great time for us to work on that. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, that exactly. Cleaning up your processes, cleaning up your internal uh, areas. Um, we have a client that uh, I buy power that, that sells um, uh, computers and a lot of their manufacturing comes from China. So um, they had to kind of take a step back, try to recalibrate what they have. And um, and they're using this as an opportunity to, to do that. Um, they usually expect a lull around this time anyway, so it's kind of in a timely manner. But that's what the you know the, the people are really using this uh, time wisely to make sure that when we get through it, you're on top of it. 
All right. So bringing this home now is probably what you have all been waiting for. Most likely, it's it's maybe the part that I'm most excited to talk about today. Pivoting, right? So some industries are doing well. Here's a list. You can have this list, take it, use it for um, whatever you like. But online education, online meetings, online therapy. There's a lot of online in there, right? At home entertainment, software service, bloggers and publishers. Their traffic is way up. Everybody's online right now, right? They're coming back to the news. They're coming back to bloggers, publishers, online marketplaces where people can learn financial loans, obviously, um, life coaching, um, you know, and then cleaning supplies, debt consolidation and collection. These are just some examples of industries that can do well right now. And obviously there's a lot of businesses at different levels and different sectors, you know, within these industries. And this list is expanded in some ways, you know, when you get into more retail type of stuff. But I just want everybody to know that in case you want to try to pivot. So let's think about long term, right? And take a second to think about digital marketing. Think about the long-term vision for your industry. Is it going to grow? Um, do you think that your customers are going to use search engines? They're going to use online more in the future? That's a question that, that I think you need to consider. Do you think that the importance of digital marketing is going to grow as a result of this? Will it be important down the line? Do you think investing uh, more now is going to pay off more down the line? When is the right time to scale, right? I'm trying to help everybody kind of pivot and think about how they're going to position this comeback. You know, is this actually an opportunity right now to finally overtake your competition, right? All of your comp all the competitions going through the same stuff, right? They're either, you know, terrified, they're steady, or they are plotting to overtake, right? Those are the three different types of mindsets that are out there right now. Which one are you going to be? And are you going to power through this and be scrappy enough to come out ahead of everybody, you know, following that? Um, and then I always just think, number six, one thing I, I love about digital is like, this is the one thing I know that we can control is how our presence looks online, the type of ads that we're running. And then I would say, if, you pull, if you're thinking about pulling back on digital, thinking about how that's going to impact you when things start to rebound is really, really important. So here's your checklist, okay? This is the last slide, and then we're going to do questions. I'm so happy to see that everybody stayed on this whole time, and I see a ton of questions coming in. Please go ahead and keep asking questions. I will do somewhere between five and 10 in our Q&A session. Um, but your checklist, create a customer communication strategy, right? How are you helping with this threat? Think about that, right? How are you helping with this? How are you addressing it? Write it out, right, in just a couple sentences, you know, and, and think about, um, you know, your, your price and your product right? And think about the new environment, okay? You want to bring this creative and the way that you're framing things to your PR, to your digital advertising, to your content marketing, right? This is a 360 campaign, right? This is a campaign that shows everywhere, wherever you touch online, how your business is, is basically um, dealing with this situation, right? I highly recommend everybody create a page on their website with all the resources and how they're dealing with the crisis. If you haven't checked it out, I've done three different podcasts on this already. Um, one about, you know, communication strategy, one about mindset, um, you know, and, and they've, they've been really, really highly listened to. And I, I think they helped a lot of people. So that made me feel good. Um, respond to media requests in your niche to support the greater good, right? There has never been more press out there in, that I have ever, ever seen than right now, okay? 
and you want to approach that responsibly. But everybody wants to know how every industry is dealing with this. And if you use help a reporter out, if you work with a PR company or anything like that, it's a really great time to engage them correctly. Um, in fact, you know, I, I know a lot of people are going to be interested in even this, this information that we're going over with you today in the media. So respond to media requests. Um, take a look at that stimulus package stuff that, that Chris went over. He, I know he went over that quickly, but that, that was the result of um, him doing a ton of work, and uh, it's really a condensed version of what would have taken you, you know, tens if not hundreds of hours. And I would say, get ready for a big end of the year. With any business, you need to forecast your business model, right? So what does your business model forecast look like? Well, if I were you, I would expect things to stay about the same for the next 30 days if you're in the US, right? And then what I would expect is I would expect things start ticking up. They start ticking up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So now is planning time. Now is the time to get your cost per acquisition framework in line. Now is the time to get all your ads in a, in a good a good place, get all your content marketing planning in a good place, get the website functional, get your processes right, because there's no doubt that there's going to be some large return here in the future, okay? Um, so part of that, if you can get your rankings in a good place now, you get all the digital stuff in a good place now, you know, you get it ready to go and even start doing the stuff that takes longer, like SEO right now, I think you'll be happy about that. And then, you know, finding ways to maximize revenue now is, is really important, right? So there's all the virtual stuff that you can do, and there's all the live stuff that you can do, and, and, and just being, you know, in front of people and, you know, setting up Zooms with um, three or four different strategic business partners, right? You know, staying scrappy, but knowing that there's going to be a little lull here before things come back in, um, in this period. Um, if you... I would, I would recommend think about what's your virtual offer. And now that we've been through this one time, think about what if this ever happens again? It probably won't for a while, you know, hopefully, you know, well, what if it happens two years again from now or five or, or 10, right? Let's all learn for this like a decade later. What, why isn't it a good idea to have a virtual fallback plan? What does your business look like right now, now that you're, you've been through this? What is the virtual fallback plan, and how can you have a plan that's a specific checklist of what you do in times like this so that you can get through this, okay? And that is something that we have essentially done here. And the last thing I would say is be good to everyone right now. They're going to remember this time. It's like a really hard time for everybody, people who um, who are at home or people who have lost their jobs and, you know, just, just check in on people, how they doing, you know, and go, go above and beyond just to show some goodwill. And that's a little bit about what this webinar was about. You know, we've obviously are going through this too, and we've got a ton of stuff going on right now, but we wanted to, um, you know, try to pull together some of the stuff that we've learned. And this is, a lot of this is the result of me sitting through, you know, tens of, of other trainings like this and Krish and Aether and, and Alan as well. So that's what we have here today. I'm going to go ahead and jump into a little Q&A, and um, we are going to chat with you about that. And I'm going to go ahead and leave up this last checklist on just in case you, you want to um, take a screenshot of that or in case you want to see it. So as far as questions, let's see. Sounds like to-go and delivery have taken over the common search term near me. Ooh, that's really interesting. Should I be creating a page on my website to focus on to-go or specifically on delivery areas? Wow, that is the most interesting question uh, I've heard yet. It's only the first one. <laughs> Alan, you want to talk about that a little bit, though? That's that's. Um, I mean, yeah. we are seeing huge spikes across oh, all the yeah. different verticals, right? To yeah, go, huge. right? Delivery completely overtook near me. That's got to be the case. So we got to look at keyword research, right? 
Absolutely. You got to do your keyword research. It's, I mean, it probably won't even be up to date. So just assume that it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty fast that to go is going to be the main topic right now. I mean, uh, so many businesses are staying afloat by offering to go services. We just saw some of the ones that did it pretty cleverly. A lot of my neighborhood uh, restaurants that I walk around uh, have, you know, windows open and to go uh, deals. Um, some of them even offered food they didn't normally do because they were trying to get rid of certain inventory. So they would, um, uh, you know, have a stand of like bratwurst hot dogs or something, for example, the German restaurant. So um, definitely create a page and make people aware of that. Put that out on your social media, um, you know, uh, make that the prominent feature because that will get people, uh, you know, back in your, your good graces. And um, a lot of people want to help their local restaurants and local places that, that they favor. So may, pretty much, you know, shout that from the rafters if you can, but definitely create a page around it. I just think that's so important. And Aether, I don't know if you have any insights on that, but I, I would highly, I would assume, and in fact, that, that, that situation shows you that for sure the search landscape has shifted. So to go, um, you know, is, is a great one, um, you know, COVID-19, coronavirus, you know, restaurants open, right? Um, and so there's quite a bit delivery. of around that. I will actually, yeah, yeah delivery. delivery. All, we will collectively hear everybody put our heads together and create a, um, a strategy just on that and make a video on it. But for instance, like if you saw earlier on the, um, the snooze thing, when I did a search for, um, you know, um, uh, drinks to go, they came up and that's because they were one of the people that put that messaging on their page. So it's really, really important. Everybody who is offering these type of things and not just the two we talked about, but there's probably a whole other keyword universe is also optimizing for that. So, um, so it's a great question. I will just add um, specifically on this piece to, to look at it from a bigger perspective is during, during times like this, there's this, uh, there'll be these huge surges in, in people suddenly searching in different ways. And what happens in the ad auction is there'll be an imbalance between the number of advertisers and how competitive or how aggressive those advertisers are in bidding on certain terms uh, relative to the inventory of search volume that's there. So this is an example where there's going to be this huge inventory of, of searches and users there searching. Uh, but an imbalance uh, in terms of the, the aggressiveness of advertisers willing to bid there. So there's a huge opportunity to capitalize at a low um, cost per acquisition. You know, that's really interesting, Aether. And I just, I, I, I have thought so much about more inventory, less competition, and the opportunity there, right? And this is a, a time that will never, will probably not happen again very soon, right? I mean, like, when you think about that, do you have any other thoughts on like um, advertising during this period or, or anything else that you're seeing with clients around that supply and demand side or, or opportunities or anything like that? Yeah, I would just, you know, extrapolate on the paid search side, I would extrapolate the example we provided there. Um, look closely at your um, Google Analytics data for anything that's surging. Look at Google Trends data for anything that's surging. Um, and you should be able to identify terms that are in your industry where you can capitalize. Um, and then also think about how behavior is changing. So right now there's a lot more users going to YouTube, for example. So there's a lot more, gonna be a lot more inventory on YouTube. 
And at the same time, there's a number of big um, advertisers who are just forced to uh, pull back in terms of their budget. So um, if you have the budget or um, you, you can you know, kind of carve out a little bit of budget for uh, branding during this time, there are some uh, significant opportunities because of some lower cost per uh, thousand impression opportunities in, in places like YouTube. Also, we're seeing uh, a huge demand uh, spike in terms of inventory on Pinterest. Um, and then Facebook as well, we're seeing lower cost per um, thousand impression on Facebook because advertisers are pulling back in terms of some budgets. So when you think about, you know, once these loan forgiveness plans come into, to plan, into, into, into action, there's some opportunity to dedicate some budget to a uh, branding initiative. This is a very good time to, to leverage that. John, you still with us? Did we lose John? Hey, sorry. Yeah, so everybody, I just want to say, you know, consider this, you know, keeping your foot on the gas, you know, for these 30 days on some level because the value of your advertising just went up, you know, significantly. And I know that that's hard to do and not everybody can do it. you got to make business decisions, but it's re really interesting. Um, I do think it's going to pay dividends long term. So we have um, somebody who asked a question about, um, you know, their market, they're not really hiring right now in recruiting. And so the question is, you know, you know, how do you kind of kind of deal with that in a market that's just straight dealing with a lull, right? And uh, that's going to happen, right? There's definitely, I mean, there's definitely markets that are impacted by that. I mean, for I, I don't know if anybody else has any thoughts on that, but for me, I think, you know, what I would do is um, really just work on the communication strategy, really just work with um, all the clients that you currently have to keep the relationships good, and then get ready for things to completely flip when all of these things are going to turn around, right? Because you think about it, you know, everybody's going to have to start hiring again and bringing back people and, and all that. So I think, you know, for that one, it's a little bit of a waiting game, but definitely, you know, plotting um, for this concept that I've talked about a lot, which is, you know, the Q, late Q2, Q3, Q4 um, comeback um, and how all that's going to look. There's a question for you, Krish. Um, is it 2.5 times average monthly payroll times 12 months? Was Is that the average? It wasn't 12 months, though, right? 2.5 times. What was the, um, so, the formula there? Yeah, so uh, I've seen a couple different interpretations, but basically it's going to look at your average payroll plus utilities plus rent or lease. You add those all together, and then you would average it. You're going to either average it over the previous 12 months, kind of before the coronavirus impacted your business, or it's going to be the previous four months. So you get what that average number is, just for simplicity's sakes. We'll say, you know, the average monthly numbers are a million dollars a month. Then you would be eligible for uh, 2.5 million in this loan that could turn to a grant if you had kept all your employees. So um, I'm not exactly sure if it's a four-month average or a 12-month average. Uh, I've seen both or a three-month average. But I think those things will become more clear as they have the application process out. Thank you. Um, and then a lot of people are asking if they can get this information later. Yes, you can. Um, this will be posted to our YouTube in our blog. That's the best place to get it. So just check back. It'll be up tomorrow. Um, 
people are asking, is it okay to push your products? Is it not being insensitive? I've actually seen a lot of commentary about this, uh, and uh, I think it is not insensitive at any time to sell your products or services so that you can keep an income coming in for your your business um, and your your employees and your family and your friends, right? Now, what I would say is don't do this. What I've seen a lot of people do is try to kind of manipulate the marketing based off of fear, you know? So it's like, you got to get this otherwise, and, 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 and if it's not actually something that's helpful, it comes off very transparent and very, very petty in my opinion. So be very, very careful with how your marketing message is. You can sell anything you want, um, but just don't do it in a way that you're trying to kind of like trick people into using something that they really don't need because they're in a fearful, fearful state. I would be careful with that. Um, yeah, this home, home, go ahead, Aether, please comment on that. Sure, I, I would just add that, um, yeah, it's definitely an important time to think through your messaging strategy and how can you genuinely speak to and acknowledge what's happening in the world because this is a unique situation where uh, literally everyone who sees your ad is going to be um, be impacted by this situation. Uh, there's just no one that isn't going to be impacted. And yeah. so I think acknowledging that and then also thinking about how can you, um, how can you help to some degree, because everyone um, is is a lot of people, a lot of businesses are hurting right now. A lot of um, jobs got shut off. A lot of businesses just suddenly all the revenue just got shut off. So, and all that kind of goes upstream. So, what can you do to help a little bit right now? Um, and in in the in the um, effort of helping and maybe providing a discount or a free month or something of that nature to help out now while businesses are hurting, um, you may gr uh, gain uh, a client over the long term as well. I think you just got to think long term. And I know it hurts now for everybody, but you you got to think long term. I think that was really well said. Um, the next question, which I don't know if we know the answers to, can freelancers who work from home apply for loans to get help with their mortgages? Um, Chris, do you have any thoughts on that? I don't I don't think I saw anything on that. Um, uh, I do know that that uh, freelancers and independent contractors are covered separately from this loan program uh, with a kind of more of the, the unemployment and, and loss of business. I do know also that sole proprietors, which is what freelancers and uh, uh, independent contractors would be, um, are included in, in, in the, the loan program too. So I think you would just have to, I don't know any of the details there. You would just have to do some research to figure it out, you know, which would be the best avenue and, and whether or not it would uh, apply to you or not. Okay, thank you very much. Um, people are asking if I can, if we can turn this into a checklist PDF, um, we will do that. Maybe we'll make an infographic out of it or um, a PDF. What are you seeing in healthcare IT? Um, I'm thinking about that, if I've seen anything in healthcare IT. Uh, I can't say I've seen much. Has anybody else seen anything out there in healthcare IT? That's a good question. I think, um, yeah. Probably really busy, I would think. Yeah, I, I, I can, we probably should do some research on that and how certain industries are, are yeah. coping and are correlated with healthcare because I know um, we've worked with yeah. a, a few different hospitals and things, that, uh, with, even with our client load. I would, I would like to tap into them and, and ask them because we have contacts directly that can probably answer that. Well, I mean, if you think um, a lot of the uh, hospitals were set up so that for, for most uh, appointments, you had to go in in person. And, and now they're looking at how can they shift to um, doing it uh, more over telemedicine. 
And a lot of these hospitals didn't have that uh, structure fully vetted out, but it's a, a pivot that's occurring uh, across them right now, I believe. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, uh, I mean, you think about that. I would just think about like healthcare, and I would think about drawing a circle around it and finding every single person that supports it, and then thinking about how your product or service can can fit them. Uh, this is another really interesting one. Uh, uh, so Jamie says, so here in the UK, Uber Eats and Deliveroo are taking on so many clients to see this as a short-term solution. You know, how can you kind of build up your own direct delivery service? And I've actually thought a lot about this. I'll, I'll I, what I would do if I were you, I'd get your customer list and, you know, continue to build out on that over time. That would be like their email addresses, right? And then get a remarketing list from people who come to your site. And then I would set up a remarketing audience, probably like 30 miles around, maybe 20 around your um, your place. And then I would set up um, advertisements on uh, YouTube, on Facebook, on Google Display, um, on uh, Google Ads, and just basically like saturate every place that they would be with that, that little niche um, audience. And it shouldn't be too expensive because it's so small. And then I would set up kind of ongoing uh, marketing and content marketing, you know, through email and through social and all that. I think that should give you a pretty good um, opportunity to kind of take over that market. And you might want to have a benefit in there about why maybe you are the best option. Um, just, just a thought, um, opposed to going through, um, you know, uh, some of these other options. How are businesses expanding from keyword optimization to QA optimization to align with new focus on voice search is the next question. And we've got about three or four more here. I think we'll, we'll try to get through all of them. Um, Alan, do you, have, you want to talk, talk about the voice side at all? And Aether, you can too after if you like. Yeah, I mean, it's we've um, you know been stressing voice search as a new uh, area. We we really want to make sure that um, you're doing that because now people are using their devices more than ever. Um, so uh, really, the the, uh, the the takeaway from that is to write natural language, which is actually a Google update related uh, item here. Um, like you would communicate to your customers because they're asking questions and talking to their devices almost like they're talking to people. And you never know, people might even go stir crazy and talk to their devices more frequently than ever. Um, but I think that it's important to um, do a lot more blogging, um, build your your kind of um, your your orbital language around your core offerings, and um, and really ramp up that up. I mean, um, I think a good takeaway is, is, is kind of what John, what you were saying earlier, is uh, maybe you want to put your foot on the gas a bit more now that you have this time and, and energy uh, and, and focus more heavily on those type of things. And that will really address the, the, uh, the, the demand in, in voice search as well. I would just add um, from a paid search perspective, um, thinking about a match type and it's getting kind of technical, but the um, industry has kind of really talked down to broad match as being you know, bad and really inefficient. Um, but this may be a time if you don't have any broad match in your paid search to consider adding some small uh, components of broad match with a limited budget just so you can be eligible to get served, your ads served to search queries that you hadn't thought of that are uh, starting to occur right now, such as use users on their, on their phone searching in ways that weren't uh, normal before. Yeah, I really like that. Those are great points, guys. Uh, two quick things. If you're ranking on the first page of Google, um, go ahead and put a H2 on your page with the keyword that you're trying to rank for inside of it and then put 60 words of text underneath it as a direct answer. And that'll give you a really good chance of uh, getting a, a featured snippet there. And if you want to learn more about voice search optimization, um, there's definitely a bunch of videos made about it on YouTube and we have a whole methodology around it. Um, Alan described parts of it and he did a good job. 
hey, I have a question here. What's better, GoToMeeting or Zoom? Okay, well, I think uh, Zoom is probably better, but I called Zoom like last week and I said, hey, can you add the webinar option for us? And he said, yeah, it's going to be 150 bucks. And I was like, eh, gosh. You know? <laughs> and then I went over to I went over to GoToMeeting and then they had a seven-day free trial. So I was like, oh, we'll do the webinar for free. Uh, so anyways, uh, but yeah, I think I think Zoom's probably um, probably a better option. People seem to really like it. <laughs> Um, but, but, but this seems to be working pretty well. Um, okay, so a couple other things, and then we will wrap up here. Um, how to adapt and pivot to a virtual business approach. Uh, this is videography, photography space, and pivoting to remote video editing workflow. Well, yeah, you can definitely do that, um, David. So um, I would get on... Um, I'd definitely get on uh, Upwork and um, you know check out Craigslist and stuff like that. But you can you we uh, we work with a bunch of video editors um, and a lot of them are are just remote. It's easier for a lot of different reasons. Um, so I would I would recommend that. And then a um, couple other questions. My school's districts. Let's see here. I lost it. Since the businesses are struggling in San Diego, where we live. You're curious if they lowered their investment for digital marketing or if they're doing more marketing than ever. What insight would you have? Let's all chime in on this one and then we'll wrap everybody. So what happened is, um, I think people got really freaked out two weeks ago. I was pretty freaked out, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I think everybody was. Uh, and and so they they kind of had this gut reaction of oh my gosh right and so we talked to it um, just about everybody right about every client um, family friend everybody right and now um, what happened is you know uh, in the U S Trump said the 16th you know we'd be doing a little bit better so that that was a glimmer of hope the stimulus you know Dow things start changing and, and there's there's more positivity now we've got this 30 day timeline um, which was a little bit of a pullback in some ways but you know I think in general you know we're starting to see positive signs in a, a couple different areas and, and I think what happened to me and I'm in all these um, different groups people were super fearful for a couple of days then they immediately shifted and started thinking more positive about it and looking for opportunities and then they started thinking about long term I mean this is a long term thing the government's going to help it's a short term issue and so now people are really we've had quite a few people come to us actually today that we haven't even talked to before who are who are interested in kind of getting going and, and ramping things up in, in that direction so that's positive for us and i think positive for them and you know some quote the other day that i read those from another ceo you know he said something like uh you know you can't a man who doesn't advertise you know or a woman you know is going to be in big trouble long term so you kind of have to keep that engine going otherwise things go the wrong way um alan or chris um any in aether alan why don't you start any closing thoughts for today and then we'll let everybody leave yeah, I, I really like the idea of kind of um, putting your foot on the gas, as you mentioned, John. And I think it's um, important to you know to stay alert and and, and use your resources wisely. Um, you may have to pivot in certain directions. I think this is a really uh, good opportunity for people to to rethink the way they're they're approaching their marketing efforts. Um, and also, you know, on some level, you do want to keep a sense of normalcy that, you, that you know, life goes on. We have to to look at it that way as a long term strategy and push forward. So uh, stay positive, stay focused, um, you know, get your resources out there and make sure that you're providing value to your employees and to your clients alike. Okay, Alan Aether, closing thoughts? 
Yeah, I would say um, obviously there's been some significant disruptions in industries such as those that have physical locations that simply can't service their business. So and the, and so they um, are going to be pulling a little bit back temporarily, um, but uh, being conscious about the fact that they are going to open up in the future and need to um, remain top of mind. Um, I think, as I mentioned before, it's important to think about the fact that everybody's impacted. What can you do to offer a free month or a significant discount to get a customer for the long term? Um, and if you're doing a lot of direct response and you're seeing conversion rates come down in certain industries uh, for direct response, how can you carve out a bit of a, a budget for that branding to stay top of mind and take advantage of those low cost per thousand impression inventories that are available uh, across Facebook and YouTube and Pinterest and others like that? Uh, so that you can really be top of mind, collect some emails, and be ready to really ramp up when things come back to normal. That was really well said, Aether. Thank you. Chris, you, and then I'll, I got one more point. But how, what's what's kind of wrap sure. up from your mind here for people? Sure, absolutely. And that quote, by the way, is a man who stops advertising to save money is like a man who stops a clock to save time. And that was Henry Ford. Um, but it's an interesting quote to, you know, keep moving forward with your, with your advertising when possible. I would echo a lot of what Aether was saying is that a lot of it is going to be industry specific. Uh, if you can uh, establish a long-term plan, that's going to be your best bet. Even if you're in a business where, you know, the foot traffic or, you, just, you know, it's just the business has slowed so much that it doesn't make a lot of sense to continue with um, a, a full advertising campaign. Uh, if you can continue, uh, and do a little bit, it's going to put you in a much better position um, moving forward. I would also, you know, echo some of what you were saying, John, is that I think it's important as business owners and, and marketers that we, we don't panic uh, and we understand that uh, the economy always does come back and eventually even this situation, which is really unique, is going to, to recover. So before we make um, knee-jerk reactions of cutting a ton of staff or, or cutting marketing that we really kind of look at all of the resources that are available to us and, and what are other things that we can do to get creative to keep these, these businesses going and alive and keep people employed. So we're really kind of looking at those things, working with our clients to create unique um, packages that help work for them short-term and long-term and then also thinking about our own business in the same way. Yeah, I just think, I mean, the stuff that we outlined today, when we bring this to clients, and hopefully you guys bring this to yourself, this is just going to bring a ton of value right now, and it's it's all about, you know, value. And um, I guess the last point I had before I just thank everybody is, you know, when you're making big decisions, move slow, okay? Think about what state you're in and move slow. And because, you know, these things can can have a big impact. And if you want to read a really good book, um, Ray Dalio's Principles is a great book that you can check out. And he talks about how he went through um, a whole bunch of different financial crises and then eventually came back and, you know, has one of the biggest uh, companies, you know, out there, you know, financially. And I'm listening to it right now. It's a really great book, Principles. And then finally, um, I wrote this book called The Forecaster Method. I'm not sure if you've read it. It's on Amazon. But I wrote it specifically for this time. So when things went down, when things got tight, how people would deal with it, how would they get cost per acquisition and get the most out of um, all of their digital marketing, um, put a ton of work into it. So feel free to check that out. So anybody, if you need anything, let me know. We're here to help. You can send me a direct email at john, J-O-H-N, at ignitevisibility.com. Love to chat with you about anything. I hope all's well. Um, Aether, Krish, and Alan, thanks so much for being on. Everybody, have a great day. Stay safe. We'll try to do another one of these again soon, and keep an eye out for the recording on YouTube. Have a great day. Goodbye.